0: Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast, with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast Brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. It's an All-Star Weekend edition of the HHC. We took a whopping two days off. Now we're back at it again, breaking down the Rising Stars competition performance from Brandon Miller as well as some other rookie and Hornets-related articles that have come out over the last 48 hours that we wanted to touch on before we go back on break until the resumption of play when the Hornets take on Utah later on next week. So helping me on all of these topics, he is one of our favorites. Senior writer from Hornets.com, and he is on the ground in Indianapolis for All-Star Weekend festivities. Sam Purley here with us once again for a two-Sams edition of the HHC. Sam, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Of course. Thank you for having me. And, yes, it is a very snowy Icy, wet ground here in Indianapolis. It snowed almost the entire day on Friday, but now it's starting to kind of freeze over a little bit, so it's getting a little slippery out there. But I am safely inside the warm hotel room right now.
0: I have seen some of the complaints from some of the uh, media contingent. I feel like you know they're, you're a little spoiled. You get to go to All Star Weekend and take in all the revelry, all the fun. But that said, I did take off with my family to uh, warmer places than that. So uh, maybe there there is a rightful gripe there uh, but we'll all get back to our uh, brief vacations before the resumption of play after we get done recording this podcast. Alright Sam, so the Rising Stars competition, uh, Hornets rookie sensation Brandon Miller having an, uh, an outstanding season and really the last two months have been some of his best basketball. Not surprising named to the Rising Stars competition he is drafted 6th overall by Team Powell. He joins a, a star-studded lineup That includes Victor Wembanyama, Podzimski. You had Wemby, Podzimski, and Koulibaly all on one team, as well as Brandon Miller going up in the first game against the G-Leaguers, who were the heavy underdogs in this whole competition, and they ended up going one and done. And Miller did not score. He did have a block and two steals, and I thought had some good defense, which we'll touch on later, but no points. 0-4-4 from the floor. You were there. Sam, what were your thoughts on the game and the event and the performance of Brandon Miller?
1: Well, for starters, it is an exhibition event, so yeah, it's fun. I mean, this is what kind of this is right now. You go out, play with a lot of guys you know from your draft class. You're playing against some guys that are potential future rising stars or NBA All-Stars. And the game is sort of like the kind of the final icing cherry on top kind of thing it's you know this whole day has been something you know they've started in the morning they were doing availabilities and practices and one-off interviews and mba cares events and before the game and shoot-arounds and team photos so uh, it's been a very very long day for all these guys and sometimes when you get to the end and you still got to go play a basketball game even though it's an abbreviated version of one it's such a, a loose up and down, kind of free-flowing format. That sometimes things happen. You know, you look at the the rosters, and obviously, Team Pow it's got established NBA rookies or guys that are. High draft picks and stuff. So kudos, to Team Deadlift. I think you know they've got a few guys that are current teammates right now. I don't know how much that helped them, but yeah, it's a it's a fun event and, and seeing Brandon here representing the Hornets and being rewarded for all the hard work he's he's put in not only this year but you know his entire life to get to this point it was really cool to see. And the game aside, it's been it's been a fun weekend. You know, I think this will be the first of of many All Star weekends that Brandon Miller will have in his future.
0: No question in my mind on that either. Uh, to, to give flowers, to give credit where credit is due. The team dominated by G League Ignite players, I thought had some really nice performances. Mac McClung continues to impress in this All-Star weekend setting. I, I will continue to trumpet for him. I think he belongs in the NBA. I, I think he's earned it at this point with what he's consistently been able to do, not just on All-Star kind of stages, but also through the normal day-to-day grind of a G League existence. I think he's really performed well and is deserving to have uh, greener pastures in front of him, but he played well. Uh, I thought Matas Buzelis, who knocked down the game-winning shot, he looked good out there. Oscar Chibwe looked good overall, so some some real credit is due to Team Detlef, which ended up finishing second in the Rising Stars competition and their players for going out there and getting the win. But like everything at all all-star weekend it it really it's about moments and let's be honest Brandon didn't really have one in that game but I think from a purist standpoint and you can use a purist standpoint to a certain degree in the rising stars competition because unlike the all-star game it does have competitive real basketball at its nature at its heart it's not the same as a regular season game I would never argue it that way but it is far from what the all-star game has become which has completely lost any level of competitiveness other than hey who can knock down a three from further away or who's going to do something that would ordinarily look good in a dunk competition but most of us are not going to go to the dunk competition credit Jalen Brown he'll be in it later on today from the moment standpoint Wembenyama did some amazing things out there for his moments but he also turned the ball over five times and meanwhile Brandon Miller I thought If you're looking at it from a basketball perspective, he did what he was supposed to. He was in the right positions to get steals. He had two of those. He had a blocked shot. He took good shots. He wasn't taking ridiculous heat check crazy threes. And he went out there and defended honestly and competitively. So it's not going to show up on anyone's highlight reel. But as someone who is really focused on Brandon Miller, how did he look? How did he play? I thought he played the right way. And even though the ball didn't fall for him in this one, uh, I think he's Really equipped himself well out there, and hopefully, we will see him in the real game in the not too distant future. And I'm sure we'll see him in Rising Stars again next season.
1: You could definitely tell with these games, and, and I keep calling them Team G League, I should say Team Debtlift, comprised entirely of, of G League Ignite and, and current G League players and uh, some two way players as well. But this is a stage and an opportunity where, you know, they get a chance to kind of show themselves. I don't think it's necessarily going to translate maybe to like an NBA contract necessarily, but it is a chance to showcase yourself on a, a national stage. And, you know, if you've got that, take advantage of it. And I think it's great that the NBA is highlighting not only, you know, current rookies, but, you know, second year guys and also guys that could be in the stage next season as rookies taking on the next wave of, of G League Ignite guys. So the competitiveness was certainly there for this. You could tell that these guys were, were really playing to win and not necessarily necessarily not suggesting that's necessarily the case with the real All-Star game, but uh, like you said, it has, you know, turned a little bit into a your turn, my turn, guys, like just standing around watching somebody do something or, or shoot a three from half court and you get these 195, 180 kind of scores. so and it's also in a different format. You do the target score to 40 in semifinals finals to 25 so uh there's a little bit more strategy to it and i i kind of like it because it's fast-paced and yeah it's a little different it's different than what they've done the years in years past with the the team usa versus world so overall i I give it a very solid b plus to a minus in terms of competitiveness given sort of what we've seen sometimes in the past with the all-star games
0: It was fun to see Brandon Miller out there representing the Charlotte Hornets, and I'm sure it was a lot of fun to cover. Last question for you, outside of what we were able to take in in the telecast, favorite moment from Brandon Miller's day in the Rising Stars competition?
1: I think it has to be the NBA Cares event. We have a lot of video of it. I'm sure it'll be in a Real Access or a Rooks episode later, but after the practice they did in the morning all got changed went over to the convention center which is kind of right next door everything is really centrally located here in indianapolis with lucas oil and GameBridge and convention center the hotels are all within walking distance which is kind of nice especially given the the weather you don't have to you know be driving you know super long distances but uh the nba cares event was all the rising stars guys and um took into this big convention room and had probably like eight to ten basketball courts and i think 600 kids from all over the Indianapolis area and just put two two guys on each court and you know just did drills played around you know did, did shooting you know it was a lot of fun and Brandon really really got into it he and, and Jabari Smith from the um, Houston Rockets I think we're on the same court together and I think Brandon said that was a lot of fun when we talked to him after the game just being around the kids shooting jump shots blocking shots layups you know things like that I, I think the kids got a, a real kick out of it and uh it was it was loud for sure it was 600 screaming kids that are all excited to you know play with nba players and then dribble around them and all different ages probably six seven up to 14 15 years old so uh that was really cool seeing that i've you know i've been to a couple of these and seen some of the nba cares events and they're all great but to have one that was so interactive and so energetic and so personable for, for kids to be able to kind of have an experience like that to play with an nba player on all-star weekend and indiana is such a, a basketball crazy state i mean they've done an amazing job of decorating the area and the branding and getting everything all all ready for all-star weekend so it's been a it's been a really cool experience to see the whole presentation they've had here but i would say the junior mba was was really really cool and and brandon did an awesome job with it just being engaged and really kind of making the the experience special for the for the kids that he was around
0: i love that i love that that's what stood out most for you i'm sure that's uh, what he would say would stood out the most for him outside of the uh, on-court experience, maybe even including it. So we'll, we'll be excited to see much more of that from Brandon Miller uh, as he returns back home. He already does a lot with the uh, Hornets team, um, but I'm sure there's much, much more to come throughout the remainder of this season into the offseason and well into the future for Brandon Miller. Great stuff, Sam Purley, on the ground at All-Star Weekend. Uh, we will talk more about the rookie class in our next segment because there's something Sam Purley delights in sharing Sharing with me that I've got to share with all of you. We'll do it next here on the Hornets I'vecast. Sam Farber and Sam Perley here with you on the HHC and All-Star Weekend edition of the Hornets Hivecast, which is presented by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Alright, Sam Perley, you got to see all the rookies, the sophomores, the G-Leaguers yesterday in the Rising Stars competition, but it was not the only piece of news that you decided you wanted to share with me throughout the day. This is kind of a common occurrence throughout the season. I've been uh, trumpeting Brandon Miller performances and sharing his accolades. I'm very high on, on him as a player, his future, and have been for a long time. And I take it personally when some of the national media folks out there, either they're taking shots at him or they're just not giving him his respect. You seem to delight in those kinds of moments. Might be because you don't like Brandon Miller very much, but probably it's because you like making me go crazy. And you had an opportunity to do that yesterday as you found the latest rookie rankings from ESPN And these are from ESPN front office insider Bobby Marks and ESPN NBA writer Kevin Pelton. They posted the latest for ESPN. Both of them had Wemby and Chet Holmgren, one and two, although in a different order. And I don't have a problem with that. I don't have a problem with either of them being in front of Miller. I think the argument is getting stronger for Miller to be up there in the top two, but it's nothing against those two players. They've been terrific. They deserve to be in those spots. The rest of the list, I've got arguments with. Uh, Marks, Bobby Marks, had Brandon Pudzimski of the Golden State Warriors third. He's entered the Warriors starting and closing group lately. I, I like one of the phrases the broadcast used on him last night, that he's a splash cousin. He's not a splash brother yet, but he's a splash cousin. He's a good player, and but just come on. like Season stats, Miller in a rookie class is third in scoring 16.6 points per game, right behind Holmgren, who's at 16.7, and then Victor Wembenyama leads the class at 20. Podzemski is ninth. He's averaging under 10 points a night. Then the month of February, Pajimski is 8th among rookies at 12.8 points per game. Miller leads the class at 23.5 points per game. But not just that, he's 11th in the entire NBA in total points scored, and the only players ahead of him were are all at All-Star Weekend with you right now, Sam Burley. It's Kevin Durant and De'Aaron Fox and Trey Young and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brunson and Anthony Edwards and Luka Doncic and Donovan Mitchell and Giannis Antetokounmpo and the leader of the group, Steph Curry. But that's not even the worst of it. Sorry, Sam, for not letting you talk, but you'll get in in just a moment here. Uh, (laughs) You know you're loving this. Uh, Pelton... In addition to not having Brandon Miller third, here's how he went with his rankings. Third was Derek Lively, the second of Dallas. Good player. Uh, he's he's had an impact on Dallas, but I, I don't see him ahead of Miller. Then he has Pajemski in at number four. Or at number five, he goes Jaime Jaquez of the Heat. At six, he finally puts Brandon Miller on the list. So, Need I digress? I had serious qualms with one guy other than Holmgren or Wemby being ahead of Brandon Miller. So I was apoplectic to learn that you had found something that was not completely made up, which I wouldn't have put past you, to rank Miller at six I I just think it's crazy given what he's done this last month two months and over the course of the entirety of his rookie season so my question for you a couple of them one why do you do this to me two do you really hate Brandon Miller that much and that's why you continue to point out things that don't rake him higher and three what are your thoughts on all of this nonsense
1: well, few things. I love Brandon Miller. He's fantastic. He has been, I think, everything the organization and fan base and, and all of us could have envisioned in more. That's definitely not it. Most of it is this kind of stuff never bothers me. It never has and it never will and because I know that it bothers you that's why I send it to you just to kind of it's a little bit of just being annoying if that's all it is is just kind of getting you you know frazzled a little bit and, and getting you kind of stirring the pot that's all it is but yeah I, I think it's you know to each uh, and actually if you scroll down on the page they actually in the in the res, others receiving notes or other rookie notes uh, mentioned Vasile Micic on that as well didn't quite make the top 10 but definitely pointed out how the numbers he's put up since he came over to Charlotte so Uh, maybe he's possibly climbing up the rookie ladder as well technically a rookie despite being 30 years old but yeah i think it's, it's if i had to be emotionally invested in it i think it's absurd i think six is way too low i have i think brandon miller has firmly been uh in the top three of rookies right now and and We've kind of differentiated a little bit on the the definition of a rookie. Uh, Obviously, Chet Holmgren is considered a rookie this season because he didn't play last year. I'm kind of on the other side. I think, you know, once you you sign your NBA contract, I think your rookie season begins. We don't have to get into that argument necessarily. But I would be really surprised at the end of the year if Brandon Miller was not first-team all-rookie at the rate he's going. I I think he's, and especially could be very much a rookie of the year finalist. And that's not to knock these other guys like Hawkeyes and and Lively and, and, and their They've been really good, and, and Podzinski as well. But the only reason I could think of maybe this is happening is they're they're playing on teams right now that you know are winning more. They they're, in, they're playing on teams that are, you know, in the playoff conversation, and, and maybe that's kind of what they weigh more in a little bit of this. So. You know, it's. I don't think what Brandon's doing is necessarily like... It shouldn't be... I think maybe some people see it as they look at the team record, look at Brandon's numbers, and they think, oh, it's it's empty stats, it's empty calories. And I think if you watch the games, it's not like that at all. It's not, you know, the Hornets are down 30 and, and you know, Brandon's chasing shots and points at the end of a game. It's not like that at all. You know, he's playing within the flow of a game. He's not forcing anything. He makes the right decisions and makes the right plays. So if I had to guess, that was probably why these things are laid out the way they are in this particular article is just they're looking at guys maybe that are producing less than brandon but in winning situations if i had to guess although the hornets have won three straight so maybe they're uh teetering towards becoming one of these you know winning situations but that's kind of my my lengthy explanation of why this came your way this morning
0: Well, you did seem to delight in it quite a bit, so uh, I'm glad that you got that off your chest and out of your system, and I'm sure there will be more rookie rankings from someone somewhere that will drive me nuts as well, but uh, yeah, at least we're on the same page. I know you're a huge fan of Brandon Miller, as am I, and and we were thrilled to see him drafted by the Hornets, thrilled at what he has been able to accomplish, and if anything, uh, the level of surprise is only that he has soared this far this fast. He has just been absolutely unbelievable. Uh, Top two scorer for the team for over a month now. He's the team's leading scorer in the month of February. And as I said, he is 11th in the NBA in total points scored for the month of February. Only behind All-Stars, Curry, Antetokounmpo, Donovan Mitchell, Luka Doncic, Anthony Edwards, Jalen Brunson, Jason Tatum, Trey Young, De'Aaron Fox, Kevin Durant. Those are the only players, all of them are either All-Stars this year or have been in the past, that are ahead of... Of Brandon Miller, who I have no doubt will be an all star later on down the line. All right, so the rookie rankings are ridiculous from ESPN. Read them if you like, but Brandon Miller should have been higher. Coming up next, something that really took you behind the scenes. If you haven't had a chance to catch it yet, we'll give you a little description. Hopefully, it'll be your next stop here after you've parked after tuning in to this podcast. And that is the latest episode of Real Access. We'll break it down for you next here on the Hornets Hivecast. Sam Farber, Sam Purley here with you on the HHC. The Hornets I've cast brought to you by Senta. We've got one segment left, and then we get a nice little four-day break here, Sam Purley. Uh, We're going to take off for the remainder of the All-Star break. Hornets are not in action again for a couple of days. They will take on the Utah Jazz uh, to begin a Western Conference road trip. Not back home again until the 29th, and we certainly encourage you to go on to Hornets.com, grab your tickets. We'd love to see at the end of the month when the Hornets host the Milwaukee Bucks, Uh, but between now and then, uh, a long break, a lot of road games for the Hornets. We'll have, of course, all of the action covered for you here on the HHC, but we are going to take our hiatus for the next, oh, five days, I guess, four days here uh, until we get back to previewing action for Hornets at Jazz. But there is one piece of content we definitely wanted to highlight for you, and that is the latest episode of Real Access, and it kind of takes everyone through the trade deadline period for the Charlotte Hornets. It goes through the exciting win that the Hornets had on the road at the Minnesota Timberwolves. And then from that high to kind of a low in terms of morale for for us covering the team and who've been around the team so much in that we had to say goodbye to Terry Rozier. It was a really good trade for all parties involved. Terry going to a great situation in Miami where he'll get to compete for an Eastern Conference and NBA title. Hornets getting a major asset back in terms of a future first-round pick, but always bittersweet to say goodbye to a player and a person like Terry Rozier. Uh, And then it goes all the way through the trade deadline and the deals that brought back these five new players in exchange for gordon hayward and pj washington oh by the way another very lightly protected future first round pick coming back as well so a lot is covered in this episode of real access you see the new players coming into charlotte a lot of behind the scenes stuff i really enjoyed it i know you've seen it as well sam Purley. what stuck out to you
1: it's definitely a. Um, I think I mentioned uh, on the podcast when the all the trades and everything went down. Certainly, the busiest trade deadline that I've ever i seen in Charlotte. Especially when you when you count in in Terry's trade. I think it was two and a half weeks prior. It's strange. It feels like a whole new. You're learning a whole new team almost midway through the season you know you have a whole new rotation you've got you know the whole dynamic with Seth and Grant Williams coming in they're both from Charlotte got guys from Oklahoma City that haven't been given much of an opportunity this year and that's the thing I I, has really stood out to me about these five guys coming in is they've all are still trying to prove themselves in some way shape or form Basilio Meechic is trying to prove himself after a very successful career in Europe Grant Williams obviously you know is the player more so in, in boston and seth curry and it, it's it happened so fast your team just kind of turns over and you're learning about these new guys and you don't have the guys that were here before you know pj and gordon and, and terry you become so accustomed to seeing them and then something pops up on, on your instagram where you see them in a different jersey and it's just kind of a strange how fast it moves sometimes and the hornets also had to release some players as well so the whole thing was just it, it was crazy how seismic the changing of the roster was just in in one day even 24 hours between that game in milwaukee and the uh the win in memphis last saturday so i think real access did a really really good job of kind of showcasing some of the emotions some of the suddenness and some of the kind of behind the scenes you know you know sometimes i think people see these trades and it's oh you know you're just sending a guy to another team and there's you know there's a human element to it these guys have families they have homes they have you know wives their lives change too and it's it's all of a sudden it's you know grab your stuff you go into Oklahoma City you're going to Dallas you're going to Miami so I think this is a good job of kind of shining the light on that and then also on the other side you've got guys coming in to Charlotte that are, are experiencing the same thing and, and you know fortunately for the, for the Hornets and you've got a couple guys that are excited to come back home and, and play in front of the team they grew up watching so it's it's strange it's a strange situation just given how many new guys are coming in how many guys are leaving and it's all happening all at once
0: Definitely something we encourage you to check out. The latest episode of Real Access available now on YouTube. Uh, go check it out. and uh, couldn't recommend it higher. All the behind-the-scenes footage is great, particularly those arrivals of those new players into their new home in Charlotte. Some great stuff there. Meeting Rick Schnall, a new co-chairman of the Charlotte Hornets this year, obviously had an integral part in in making some of the decisions here all the way around trade deadline one of the first people to meet and greet the new players a lot of great stuff there definitely encourage you to check it out i'm sure the following episode of real access will have a lot from the recent three-game win streak from brandon miller's time at all-star weekend and then the resumption of play coming up on thursday the 22nd which will be the date of our next podcast so we're going to get a whole four days off here of the hhc we'll miss Yet, but we did well over 100 podcasts straight. So we'll take the break, be recharged, revitalized, and ready for the stretch run where the Hornets will hopefully be able to resume their three game win streak. Sam Purley, great job on the ground there in Indianapolis. I hope you get home safe from the uh, snow flurries and everything going on out there in Indiana. And we look forward to seeing you on the other side of the All Star break as well.
1: Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And yes, the snow has stopped. So. Hopefully uh, it'll just be all clear when we take off today at some point. So, yeah, thank you so much. And uh, looking forward to a couple days of R&R and then right back to it, this West Coast trip and some, I'm assuming, late-night podcast with Rob Longo.
0: Oh, yeah, you're on deck the 23rd. You've got the recap of Hornets at Jazz. Hopefully a, a win, first in a long time there in Utah. And then you'll be getting everyone ready for Hornets versus Warriors. Seth versus Steph. It'll be a lot of fun when the Hornets resume play uh, less than a week from now. Sam Purley, thanks as always for being with us here on the HHC. Thanks to our producer, Rob Longo, for putting this podcast together. Most of all, thanks to all of you for tuning in. For everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying enjoy your break. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again on Thursday, February 22nd, to preview Hornets at the Jazz right here on the Hornets Hivecast.